Welcome to season three of Voices of the Goddess podcast, where we empower, inspire, and uplift women to be the goddesses they truly are. I'm your co-host, Julietta, the magical PT, owner and founder of Body and Soul PT, as well as Soul Candy, intuitive, handmade, and one-of-a-kind jewelry and artwork. I support people in finding the magic within themselves, creating balance in their body and soul. And I'm your other co-host, Graciela, published, award-winning, and professionally certified portrait photographer specializing in boudoir and personal branding. I create portraits of who you are and not just what you look like so that you can become who you've always been. Join us each week as we sit down for a heart-to-heart chat, sharing stories and insights with listeners across the globe. Laughter and tears alike abound as we access ancient wisdom in modern times through unique and exciting storytelling, supporting you on your life's journey. Welcome to The Circle and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Here we are again. Time for another again. It's like Groundhog Day. But better. (laughs) Way better. (laughs) Way better, way better. So we're going to do something different today to start. Yes. Yes, we are. I'm, you know, I'm like my little woo-woo gypsy, whatever. You know, I know I had to have been a gypsy in one of my kajillion past lives. So I like cards. Like I don't do official tarot card readings or anything like that. But cards have been, you know, like they've been a friend. You know, when you're sitting in that space and you're like, debating and unknown like what to do what direction to take I always go to my cards and and ask them and off camera I'll tell you some funny stories that maybe I haven't you already <laughs> some very interesting uh predictions of the future like whoa but anyway so I want to pull a card for our audience today because I'm sure all our listeners out there have a question that they are seeking the answer for And so I'm using my goddess guidance oracle cards today. Since we are voices of the goddess, I thought I'd choose the goddess cards. Beautiful. And see see what comes up for our audience today. I love Hmm. this. Don't forget when you guys are out in the world, you can hop into our Facebook group and continue the conversation in there. So if what Julieta pulls up is meaningful to you, hop on in there. Tell us all about it. I want to chat. So we got Artemis, and she is the guardian. And her message is, you and your loved ones are safe and spiritually protected. Mm. Is that on screen there? Beautiful. I just love all these cards have such beautiful drawings on them. And you know what comes up for me with this card? Something I didn't think of until I was reading an email today um, or yesterday. We have here in town, as I'm a member of the board of the Wilton Manors Business Association. And we have a huge event tonight called Holiday Spectacular in the park. Mm. If you're listening to this on YouTube live today, come on down. There's still a few tickets left, although not many they've sold. I could most tickets ever that they've sold to this event. But something, you know, we've done, I think this is our fourth time doing the event. And In the past, we've never really worried about security, but given things that have gone on in the world, and for those that don't know, Wilton Manors is a very highly LGBTQ community. Did I say that right? And, uh, you know, some of the stuff that's gone on recently and in recent years 
has the community a little concerned about, you know, gathering in groups in public places. And so we've gotten the police department a little bit more involved this year to ensure everybody's safety. So I'm going to take that card as the message that the event tonight is going to be perfectly safe and protected and everybody's going to have a really great time. I think that's awesome. I I think it's important to prepare, right? for whatever may come, but also set the intention that it's just like a little insurance policy because everything's going to be perfect. You know, we do have such an awesome community here and it is such a great little town. Like it's, it's like um, the, the little town that could, you know, like it's only, what is it like two square miles, something like that. It's, you know, the Island city, right? Like it's so tiny, but it has such a big presence, you know, but I love that. I love that. You would read it one more time. Oh, you would ask that. I already put it away. Well, it was I it's just Artemis the Guardian. You and your loved ones are safe and spiritually protected. There you go. Safe and spiritually protected. Not 100% exact words, but does anything come up for you with that? You know, earlier we were talking with one of our other guests about kids traveling and being out on their own and stuff and um, being out in the world on their own. So first thing that jumped into my mind was about my kids, you know, that like, it's okay to let them go on a couple of adventures because everything's going to be okay. So, so I appreciate that. It's always good to get a little reassurance. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Are we ready for our guest? Let's do it. Hi. Hello, Shana. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. We are so excited you are here. And we would like you to introduce yourself to our audience a little bit. Tell them who you are and the magic that you do. Yeah. Hi, my name is Shana Francesca. I am a life designer, an interior designer, and I work with people to um, to empower them to live more intentional, more courageous, more connected lives. I think from my own experience and working with people for a very long time, you know, I've seen over and over again that there are so many rules that society puts on us that asks us to to homogenize, to abandon the parts of ourselves that make us truly powerful because they are authentically and uniquely connected to who we are. And in doing so, we abandon what really truly brings us joy and what allows us to feel in community with one another. Um, I started out my career as an interior designer and then quickly realized that the way that I worked was much more powerful than than simply containing it to working on people's homes. But in recognition that that is truly powerful, it expands outside of that, right? We spend two thirds of our lives inside of our home. And a study that came out a couple of years ago in Europe showed that as far as our happiness is concerned, the number one thing is our mental health. The number two thing is our home. And I truly believe that those two things are are intrinsically uh, connected, that our home is a reflection of our mental health and our mental health can be improved by improving our home environment. And Uh-oh. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about my house right now. <laughs> it doesn't mean, and, and I want to like take a step back because I think when I say that some people think that that means their home has to be like perfect and it has to look like it belongs on Pinterest or something like that. And it doesn't mean that at all. It couldn't be further from that. I think what we see on Pinterest And what we see on Instagram is a function of marketing, right? That's telling us that we all need, our home needs to look like this, as close to this as possible. And really that's a function of capitalist agenda to get people to continue to purchase and consume and consume and consume and extract wealth from the middle and lower class, right? I, I happen to believe that it's meant to be a unique reflection of who we are. And yes, it should be a certain amount of tidy and organized and it should facilitate supporting us, not us supporting it. But that doesn't mean it has to look like 
what we see on Instagram or Facebook or any of those things, right? Because other people's opinions have nothing to do with our lives and other people's rules can just go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that you do this and I love that you tie those two things together. I agree with you 100%. You know, a good friend once told me, don't underestimate the joy of being in your house by yourself. Like for a hot day, you know, like just one minute, right? Like letting your family go do something else while you just sit home because it really, I I agree with you. I really do think it should be your nest. Sometimes your nest is full of a lot of stuff and sometimes not, right? And different people are comforted by different things, right? Like that Pinterest stuff that you were talking about, to me, it all feels very cold and almost a little calculated, you know, like, yeah, right. Not that, you know, we had a different guest uh, that talked about decluttering, you know, and I said, well, no one's going to pry away my pile of National Geographic magazines out of my cold hands, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's about, I think it's about things having a place and it feeling like they ha- they're they honored, right, within our home, right? So it's not that like we need to be minimalist, minimalist and get rid of all these stuff. And it's not about being maximalist and keeping everything. It's about finding that middle road for ourselves, about understanding like, if something's important to me, then let me find a place that honors it. It's energy in my life and it's belonging in my life and and allows it to be seen and heard and understood and be a reflection of who I am. Because if it's just something I have to shove somewhere, then is it really that impactful? Does it really need to be around? You know, there's a there's a there's a striking of a balance there that we've got it. We can only feel through, right? Mm-hmm. We it, it's not like a a script and it can't be applied. We've, we've got to ask, start looking around our home and asking ourselves questions. And in the same way, we should be looking at our lives, asking ourselves questions of, does this thing belong? Does it truly reflect how I, how I want my life to feel, what I want my life to look like, the story that I want my life to tell? Does it align with that, right? Um, and how I want to feel while I'm participating in the story of my life, because every moment, is a participation in the story of your life, right? And, you know, I talk to people about the fact that our home becomes the stage from which we tell the story of our life, not in a performative way, but the fact that we spend two thirds of our life in our home, we're making, and arguably now even more, we're making like 90% of the decisions we make in a day within our home, right? And so we need to feel supported in making the decisions and spending time with our family and our friends and our children and our loved ones and whoever else it is, it needs to be able to facilitate those experiences just like a stage does a play, right? And setting that stage and helping create that moment, right? That's that's how it needs to feel. That's beautiful. Can you give us, can you share a story perhaps of one of your like client success stories where you, you know, did, did what you do and how that propels someone forward. Yeah. So I have a client who I worked with for a number of years and they were in a transitional time in their life. Unfortunately, their husband had passed away from a drug overdose um, and had left the house in disarray. It had essentially been turned into like even though it was in a very wealthy neighborhood, (laughs) like all the homes are a million plus, you know, it was inside just packed with stuff, vestiges of trauma, really. And, and so I, when I was first introduced to the client and he opened the front door, I was like, Oh, do you need a hug? Are you okay? Because this doesn't feel okay. Nothing about this is okay. Are you okay? He was like, I'm not okay. Can I have a hug? 
I was like, yes, you can come like, and then I, I brought a crew on a seven and we came in and we cleared all the things out that the husband had left behind, had gathered and all of these things. And the client went to started going to therapy regularly and really getting support from other people, other friends and so on and so forth, inviting people back into his life because he had had to sequester himself away from people. But as we cleaned his home and as we organized the home and as we set it up so that he could be proud of it, right? He started having people over again and started being able to connect with people. And now um, his his new boyfriend just moved in, right? A couple of weeks ago. And so I, I watch as I see, like when I say our homes and our life, it's so important that we live intentionally and that we be connected to one another because we desperately need one another. When I see these moments, I see how powerful it is that when we are ashamed of our home, we push people away naturally because it's a reflection of what's going on here, right? It's all connected. And so watching him be able to reach out and get help because then I was there to help him and say, I'm going to support you in getting better, right? And and clear out all the things that you don't even have the mental space to clear out. I'm going to come in and I'm going to do that for you and support you in a healthy lifestyle. Now, you know, he's able to get all this love and support and invite people back into his life and into his home right? Because those two things are tied together. Beautiful. Yeah. It has, you know, I look at what any of us three do. And when you see like just a shift like that in someone's life, it just, it feels so good and makes it all worth doing all the hard work that we put in to, yeah. to get to where we're at. That's a beautiful story. Next thing we'd like to know is, you know, because we're all about women, empowering women, and not that we love men too, but we'd like to know one piece of advice that you've got learned from another woman that has impacted your life. I think just to ask for help, you know, and to recognize that it's all around us. We just have to ask for it. You know, everybody's got, I wish we were in a place in this world where we didn't have to ask for it. And people were able to come alongside us, recognizing that we were struggling and know how to help us. But everybody has has so much going on that's not always possible but we can know that we are meant to take up space and we are meant to take up space beautifully and we're meant to do it together and even if I reach out to it you know I've reached out to some different friends and they're like you know what I can help you with this and this but this person I'm going to connect you to this person this person can help you with this and this other person can help you with this it's amazing how when we stop and we ask for help because we recognize we deserve to have help and we cannot do it on our own. These ideas of hyper independence are vestiges of capitalism and it's bullshit. Can I say bad words? Yes, you can. <laughs> and it is absolutely unhealthy and it's not meant, we are not meant to live life on our own. We're not meant to do it ourselves. It doesn't just take a village to raise a child. It takes a village period for our entire lives. And so reaching out to that village and asking for help not only erases and eradicates shame in a moment of needing help and empowers other people to know that they can do the same, right? So we don't just empower ourselves, we empower others to say, I get to ask for help. And sometimes it's easier to help someone else, even when we're struggling, than it is to help ourselves. And we find the answer in helping someone else, right? The answer for ourselves. So the thing I just, I come back to is, you know, get curious and, and ask for help. I always say that um, I think that how our homes literally are built and structured is a grave error. And, and I say that being someone that I like my privacy, I like, you know, being able to close my windows and only hear what's going on in my house. But I think that literally creating brick houses and putting up fences and creating so much separateness yeah. 
yep. between literally the per- like I I literally don't know my neighbors. I don't know the people that live on my street. Like yep. we don't come out together, right? So how can we all support each other when we're living in a society like that, right? So we're all we're yeah. all creating our our own friends group and our own families, you know, yeah. but because I think you physically cannot hear the other person, it takes you one more step, right? Mm-hmm. Like with my mommy friends, I always tell them like when it's two o'clock in the morning and you're going nuts and you want to cry because your kid won't be quiet or whatever, like reach out. But then you always feel bad, right? Because you're like, oh, I don't want to wake anybody up. I don't want to do this. I don't want to write like it's that's all the ideas you put in your head as to why you yeah. shouldn't ask for help. But I really think that if I lived right next door to my best friend, right, or right next door to my friend with kids, I would hear it. And I would walk over and be like, hey, man, I hear that you're freaking out. Let me help you. So because of the way we live today, we have to get comfortable with taking that extra step and just being like, man, I don't think I'm okay. Like, maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but you should come check with me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think the more we put up tall fences and we uh, we're like horses with blinders on, I can't see it. I can't hear it. I'm not going to say anything about it. Right. And like, we've lost the ability. And I also think that there's just a general overpopulation problem. (laughs) There's so many people that it becomes overwhelming to us to know like who and how to help. And there's so much disinformation and there's so much disconnection that it feels like we might be put ourselves in harm's way if we were to butt in just butt into someone's life, right? Because we no longer recognize that we need one another because this ideas of hyper individualization have permeated every aspect of our lives. But I do think, you know, you used to have homes that were multi-generational, right? They had seven and eight bedrooms and they had multiple wings. Why? Because the center of the house is where everyone gathered together. And then you had wings where everyone could have their separate individual family or their individual lives. And then you would come together. You had multiple generations supporting one another all in one home, right? And there was a reason for that, right? And then like hyper-capitalism came in. It was like, no, everyone should have their own home and separated us from each other. And so you no longer had the support of community. You had to like figure it out on your own. And that was how you knew you were powerful is if you figured it out on your own. But that's bullshit. And none of us can figure it out on our own. Like that's just not possible, right? Especially in this world. And so I just, you know, so much of what I do centers around recognition that community is necessary. And, and I feel like so much of what I do is helping to connect, empowering people to connect to community and find community. It's why so much of my work centers around group coaching. Now I learned this, I was a semi-professional salsa dancer for four years. And I learned this in salsa dancing in that I saw that the people who learned the quickest were people who took group classes. So it went like this, people who learned the slowest took only individual classes and just them and the instructor, just those two people. People who learned faster went to group classes and because we rotated partners. Why was that key? Is because each person hears and interprets information different. And by dancing with different partners for each step that you're learning, right? Each step that you're learning, we rotate partners three times. So you're hearing the translation or feeling the translation in your body of how that person heard and saw what was being done and their translation of it. And so that you're understanding how to interact with different people and you're learning together and processing through each person's interpretation, right? And learning quicker that way. And then the people who learned the fastest not only took group classes, but then went out and applied it and went out dancing, right? And I feel it's the same way with group coaching is it's really, you can learn a lot by hiring me and us 
you know, working together one-on-one, but it's not my preference. My preference is to work in group coaching so that we can all hear and, and process information together, understand how each other is processing, and we form community that way, right? We've got support that way. We, we hear other people struggling with the same information that we are and trying to figure out and process how to handle it. And then taking that out into the real world and getting together, you know, a, a couple people outside of that group coaching and, and really getting closer and expanding upon that understanding. It's a beautiful way to like build community. And we all need to find, I think, more ways to do that, that, that connect with who we are, whether it be through a hobby or it be through something like group coaching. This reminds me of um, the Blue Zones books that I always talk about, Julieta, you know, how community is a big part component of um a long life you know just uh, what you know they did research on uh centenarians and what they all have in common all over the world right and one of the biggest things is community yeah and the blue and i think it's funny that the reason why they're called blue zones is because they chose to highlight them in blue so now we know them as blue zones (laughs) zones. well what's, what's one of your favorite books what's a book that you wish every goddess would read yeah, so I just finished reading and it meant it immediately went on my yearly read list. I have I have books that go on my yearly read list and usually I'll read them over and over again for a few years until I feel like I've really truly processed them and then maybe I'll you I'll read them just like once a year. But the book is How We Show Up by Mia Birdsong. Incredible book. Talks about community, talks about redefining and the querying of relationship. It talks about stepping outside of the heteronormative, hyper individualized world that we live in. It talks about how do we build community and who's already doing that work and how can we support that and how can we become a part of it without colonizing it, right? Because I think in uh, so much of what happens is, especially as white people who haven't addressed the the concepts around colonization and that it has bled its way in through every aspect of our lives is that we learn about something new and we colonize it. For instance, things like hummus. Hummus is a Middle Eastern food, right? And when you when people are now familiar with it for a variety of reasons, but America became familiar with it and then started creating weird shit like chocolate hummus, which is not a thing. It's not a thing, right? But it suddenly is. And now there's this 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 weird like commercialization of something that's deeply, deeply connected to a specific community, but no one has real true understanding of that connection to that community, right? So I think it's, you know, really important that we understand that that we need to take a step back and understand the history and gain knowledge and understanding and ask questions and get curious before we just co-opt something and start applying it to our life without having any understanding of its history and its impact and its power. I did not know that there was chocolate hummus and I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to experience chocolate hummus now. I refuse. I refuse. I'm like, this sounds weird. I'm like chickpeas and chocolate. I don't know about this situation. (laughs) But it's funny you bring that up. Last night, my boyfriend made his own tahini and then made his own hummus. Yum. Like it's not hard to make. It's so easy to make. That's the thing, you know, like it's so easy to make. It's like four ingredients, literally. Yep. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so, you know, we always ask our guests, what's something, a risk that you've taken, something you've done that you felt uncomfortable about, but you know that you'll never regret having made that decision? (laughs) Okay, got it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I just wrote my first romance novel. Something what? I share with you guys in the past or previously is that I grew up in in hyper Christian conservative fundamentalist evangelical Christianity, and so I grew up in purity culture. 
And I think for a long time, embracing my own sexuality felt like a rebellion against those things. But the place that I've come to in my life is a recognition that rebellion only exists if you recognize the authority of something, right? I just want to like people to listen to that for one second. Rebellion only exists if you recognize the authority of something and you are the only person who can give authority to something over your life, right? And so I recognize that purity culture has absolutely no authority in my life. And once I stepped away from that, I did a photo shoot out in um, White Sands, New Mexico, and this beautiful kind of like, okay, this is who I am. It was, it ended up being mostly a boudoir photo shoot, like literally on top of sand dunes. I was practically naked. At times I was entirely naked on top of, on top of sand dunes. My, my photographer and I were cracking up, but it was this declaration of this is me. This is me, right? And this progression that has happened since then is me embracing my whole self and recognizing that sensuality and sexuality is a beautiful part of the female and feminine. And so it led to me writing my first romance novel and it's called Under My Skin and my pen name is Maeve Marin and it's available on Amazon and it is me being able to live my truth out loud. And I, I absolutely... I'm obsessed with the fact that I did it and I'm already writing a second novel. So <laughs> I think it's spicy. So. It is very spicy people. So <laughs> we have I'm the link, it, but know that it's spicy. <laughs> uh, make sure we have the, I don't know if you sent the link for that in your, is it I in your chat? It. I'll, I can put it in the chat right here. Or I can email it to you. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I don't know if you know, but I am a boudoir photographer and I know exactly the experience that you're talking about. And yeah. it is absolutely so awesome to hear that helped catapult you into your full self. Like, obviously, it's a, a piece of your long journey, but to see yeah. that you were able to see so much of yourself in yeah. that way, right? That maybe you weren't even aware of or. Yeah, you didn't realize, right? Like that, that's really amazing. I say to people all the time, there's something really special and spiritual about boudoir photography, especially for fem people raised as female, because we're raised to be small, to hide our sexuality, that if someone's attracted to us, that's our responsibility, not theirs. You know, that we are temptresses, that we are the problem. And I just decided to live out loud and say, fuck all of that. I'm not the problem. I'm the goddamn solution. That's right. And I will live out loud and I will live my truth and fuck you if you think otherwise, because I don't really care. <laughs> I don't, I don't care anymore. It doesn't matter if I'm covered head to toe or I'm entirely naked. I'm treated exactly the same by men in this world. So if that's the truth, I'm going to choose to live exactly how I want to live and live my truth. That's so powerful. I appreciate that so much. And it's interesting because I, I think no matter how we show up in the world, everybody deserves the chance to see themselves in a different way, right? Yeah. Because we are products of different types of conditioning for better or for worse, right? Yeah. And it's funny because I have uh, several uh, masculine of center women who are my clients who have told me there's not even examples of what I would look like yeah. in a sensual way, yeah. you yeah. know, because they've never been given permission to show up in that way, right? Yeah. What does that even look like? I mean, yeah. you know, we, we launched a whole project about it because my friend couldn't find any examples of herself on Pinterest. They yeah. like, a, like a mask femme. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And um, it's just, it, and I think everybody deserves that opportunity. Yeah, 100%. It, it is so powerful. 
happens. Yeah, and I think because I think sexuality or you know gender, sexuality, all these things are a sliding scale. They are not a they're first of all not finite, and second not easily categorized right because with one partner we might find ourselves feeling much more adventurous and with another partner we might find ourselves kind of falling back into a more submissive role you know there's all kinds of different energy in any given moment and with any given interaction with different people in our lives and so i think being able to honor that and enter any moment with presence because of we're entering it with curiosity and courage is such a beautiful thing but I, I do recognize that it's really hard if you live outside the margins, right? Like outside of, you know, what people accept as honest and true. I'm neurodivergent. So like I'm, I have autism spectrum disorder and ADHD. So like I've always kind of lived on the outside and my friends have always been people who also lived on the on those margins with me. And so, you know, I think figuring out how to blaze those trails together is such a beautiful thing. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, you silenced Graciela. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> I was just trying to give you a chance to get it because I, I got like 27 things more I could say, but I'm watching the clock here. Um, I, I truly, you're, like I said, you're, you're speaking our language, you know, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. I, I really honor everything that you've said. And, and I thank you. I appreciate both of you. It's time for our last question which that's why I was pausing because that was your question, Graciela. But since you paused, I'm just going to take it. Um, We are compiling a library of sweet, delicious memories. Mm. And so we would like to add one of yours to our library. What is your most sweetest, delicious memory? I think one of them would be my boudoir shoot. I go back to it. It was only a year and a half ago. And I go back to it constantly thinking about how freeing it was to literally take my clothes off in the middle. And I wasn't, we weren't alone, although I was far enough away from people that they couldn't see my bits and pieces. We were certainly not alone, right? But giving myself permission to do that and to literally be like butt naked in public on a white, beautiful sand dune was, it was probably one of the most impactful moments of my life because it was the moment that I felt like I was finally within my own skin. That's absolutely gorgeous. I do feel a a little bit speechless. I'll be honest with you because I'm, because I'm on this side of the camera and this is what I do every day. Like no matter how many testimonials I get or how many stories I hear, like each one blows my mind every single time because it's such a unique and interesting and I don't know, just powerful platform. You know, like of all the experiences you've had in your life, Shana, for you to list that as your sweetest and most delicious, like, you know, feel free to shout out your photographer because it sounds like they made a big difference to you. On behalf of all all photographers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Her name's Ksenia Burson and she's incredible. She's outside of, she's out of Philly, but she flies all over the place. She works with clients in LA all the time. We, I flew her to, you know, New Mexico, you know, she'll fly all over the place. She's an incredible photographer. She does weddings, but she also just like nails it with boudoir photography. Just, and I say, you know, I really want to see more boudoir photography, like more guys embracing their sensuality and their sexuality and from from a variety of geezes, right? I think most men honor their sexuality only from the male gaze. And I wish they were able to embrace themselves from the female gaze, right? And like, I think that would be such a beautiful thing for like so many men to go through to see themselves in a completely different light. And yeah. like, 
definitely do. I have a few uh, examples of that on my own website. I call them G-men, you know, for Graciela G-men. Mm-hmm. But um, I, whenever I post blogs, I always post the story that goes with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you read the guy ones, it's really, yeah. really interesting. You know, they're not any different from us. I will tell you, they come with yeah. the same insecurities and all the same nervousness and everything else. And uh, it's really <laughs> tells them they're not allowed, right? They're not allowed to be nervous. They're not allowed to be those things. They're not allowed to be vulnerable, you know, and it's so dangerous for them and for us. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. We're all growing and changing and shifting. And, you know, as someone who's been on this path for so many years, uh, many times along the way, I've, I've had like total despair and hopelessness that humanity's not going to get there. And I do have to say like this podcast and the people that we have on, like give me hope and that the shift is really happening. It's going to happen. And all this work is, is not for not. No, uh, we're not in a wilderness alone. We're in it together. And all we have to do is just reach out our hands, even though it feels dark and we can't see anything. If we just reach out our hands, we'll feel that literally there's someone standing right next to us in the dark. We'll bump right into each other. So I think it's, yeah, I agree with you. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you did today. I really loved having you on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to our audience for listening. And that's a wrap, people. Bye-bye. Thank you, dear ones, for joining us today. Make sure you check out the show notes for details on how to get in touch with either Julieta, Graciela, or today's special guest. Don't forget to subscribe, review, like, and share. Big love and gratitude for all of you. May the path before you be ever illuminated by your fellow goddesses. Shine bright and have a magical day.